We are recording, so whenever we want to start, right. we can. What? Are you excited? Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, go ahead. What? Just question. So. Yeah. Never mind. What? Sure? <laughs> yeah, never mind. There are no dumb questions. I'll just be at the end. That's fine. Just restart. Okay. From the top. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. to the green light. Green light. Right before this recording, Jackson said, let's get this over with. No, I, I was just laughing. Oh, we're, we're, we're peeking a little bit. We're getting a little loud. Well, no, I was just laughing because <laughs> I feel like when you start and it's like, oh, let's be quiet for a second. You give it literally like a second. <laughs> you go into it. Oh, sorry. Do you want to start over? No, it's totally fine. We're going to keep it. We'll, we'll, at the end, we'll just stop and not speak. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, or well, we can I just never... do it right now. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Have a time. <laughs> nice. Uh... Well, no, I feel like you always say wait for 10 seconds, and I just always think that's an exaggeration. Well, I mean, just really, the more, the better. Just anyways, yeah. that's boring editing tricks that Good we talk about. If you're looking right. into editing a podcast, don't talk to me because I'm new. Anyways, <laughs> so what is this, Lauren? What is this that people have been listening to for the past minute? Yeah, so this is the green light. Um, what you've been listening to is uh, pointless garbage, so Banter, that's fine. I call it, but go sure. on. Sure. Um, but what we do here is read unproduced plays and screenplays, mostly of the short variety, mm -hmm. and then Typically. interview the awesome people who wrote them. Correct. Uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different just because yes. our writer this week is in the UK, mm -hmm. and um, she didn't have a, like great Wi-Fi or a way that we could call her, yeah, um, and like FaceTime or whatever. Because she's in the UK, we can't just call, call her, her up. on a regular number. Yes. Um, so... Uh, for the first time, we have an interview with just written, emailed responses. So yes. we're going to sort of just mostly talk about the play, um, but also bring in some of her responses. Yes. Judy Upton is her name, by the yes. way. I realize we had not said that at all. Judy Upton, thank you for sending in your script. Sorry that we couldn't actually get you on. Maybe someday. Maybe but someday. Yeah, it'll it'll still be good. Lauren and I will we'll just take you through the whole episodes, yeah. carry you in our arms like a babe in swaddling <laughs> like clothes. A babe. Yes. So, um, other um, things, please leave iTunes reviews. So yes. actually, heads up, I know we talked about this on our last episode, but we were actually recording this only mere days after we recorded the episode before this. This We're actually recording this like two weeks before it's actually going to come yeah, out. Because Jackson's going out of town for a few days, so yes. we need to just like make sure we were ready. Hello, mom and dad and hey. brother and uh, sister-in-law and nephews coming to see you. And Panda, my oh. dog. Our dog, I guess. But, yes, so we're recording this a bit early, so I'm just going to double check. I don't think we have any new reviews, but let me just double check and see. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if it. you uh, leave a review, you know, before you're listening to this episode, but after the last one, um, you know, if you're like, why wasn't my review read? That's why. He'll, that we'll is, get to it on the next one. Yes, we, we will get to it. No new reviews, unfortunately. Big sad. But that means no new negative reviews. That's either. true. We got all five, five stars. stars so. All five stars. Yeah. So please don't ruin our streak. Please continue our streak by leaving a five-star <laughs> review. Yeah, and you can leave your detour of the week. You can roast one of us, and we will read it on the show. Yes. Uh, another way you can help us is, A, by just sharing our posts on social media. It helps us reach yes. more people. And another thing is that we now have another a... Another thing? Whoa, 
Oh, another thing. We now have a Patreon. So if you are financially able, you can give as little as $1 a month to us. And Mm -hmm. even at that level, you will get some awesome patron-exclusive bonus content yes so we, we in bonus fact pod to this to. is going to be a couple weeks after this but our most recent episode of green lit we talk about she's the man it's pretty yeah. great it's a fun time i just finished editing that one as a matter of fact and it's it's a lot of fun for <laughs> close to 40 minutes of us talking about she's the man and the six beers that we drink so, yeah not six beers each six yes beers i had to clarify that for my dad on the phone today yes. it was it was three beers each it was half of each one <laughs> correct but uh yes please subscribe to our page Patreon. And you know what? Thank you, Kendall Joseph, if you're listening. I don't know if you actually listen. You know, we, we weren't going to do shout outs unless you did a certain level. But seeing as we have currently one, two, three patrons, <laughs> I think it's OK that we do that. Yeah, so if you get so much, in, Kendall. If you get in at the ground floor, you know what? We'll break our own rules for you. Wow. For you. Amazing. Thank you, Kenny, though. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so let's I think see. Let's, I think that's all. Ado. Let's get into our detours of the week. This is a segment where we talk about something that we have beep, beep. consumed. Thank you again, Lauren. I love those sound effects. Something we've consumed in the past week. Movie, TV show, book, play, 10-year-old video game. Whatever. Let's do it. Uh, do you want to start, Lauren? Sure, I can Yours go first. Yours is probably the meteor of the two. Probably. Um, so I have been reading, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about it a little bit, um, but I've been reading Stand from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi, and uh, it's basically just a history of racism in the United States. It's like 600 pages. I did not realize how long it was when I bought it on my Kindle. But it is a beast. It's very long, but honestly, it... It kind of needs to be that long because I have learned so much from reading this book. Um, You know, and from someone who took, you know, AP U.S. history in high school, it's really... Okay, shut up. No, but it's, (laughs) it's really just baffling to me that I was able to take, like, possibly the most comprehensive... Uh, U.S. history course that someone that's not a history major takes. I would say for sure, probably. Yeah, um, and still not know about so many things that happened in this book. Like, I had never even heard of Angela Davis before 2020. It is pretty crazy, yeah. And yeah. Someone who's such a big... And she's so prominent, and she's, yeah. you know, she's... um. The, so, basically, Stand from the Beginning has five parts, and in each part, it focuses on a different person who made huge contributions to racial ideas, whether in a racist or anti-racist way. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, part one is Cotton Mathers. Part two is Thomas Jefferson. Part three is William Lloyd Garrison. Part four is W.E.B. Dubois. I was like, who's part four? And part five is Angela Davis. Um, And, you know, again, um, it, it really is one of those things, you know, of course I always knew that there were certain things we didn't know about in our version of history that is, of course, told by white people. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea the extent of it until I read this book. And just, yeah, there's just so much that I did not know and that I was not taught by my regular history classes. So I highly recommend reading this book mm-hmm. um, just to learn more about racism in the U.S. and how it came to be and how it continues to persist today. Yeah. Um, another thing that this book does that I really love is that it takes specific racial ideas, whether, again, racist or anti-racist, and breaks them down into three categories. So segregationist, assimilationist, and anti-racist. Segregationist is basically saying that, you know, a certain group is inferior 
And it's not necessarily a product of their circumstances. It's just those people as a whole are genetically, worse. like genetically, genetically naturally worse. Yeah. Um, assimilationist ideas are saying things like, oh, well, you know, black people in the U.S. are in a financially disadvantaged position because, you know, the fact that they were enslaved made them less educated, made them less able to learn, things like that, mm-hmm. um, which while blaming it on their circumstances, is still saying that in, at the end of the day they are inferior and is still racist. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is anti-racist ideas, which is basically saying that um, the the circumstances of a specific oppressed group is due to racism and due to other people's ideas about them, as opposed to anything they have done or any deficiency that they, you know, supposedly have but don't have. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it really goes through different things that uh, historical figures say, different things you might have heard regarding race. It goes all the way up to now. It was published in 2016 mm-hmm. and just really lays out, you know, this statement was assimilationist because of this. This statement was segregationist because of this. And it really puts into perspective these ideas that you've sort of been fed regarding race your whole life. So... Highly recommend it. Stand from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi. If you're not into reading a super duper long book, there is a shorter YA version called Stamped. Mm -hmm. Um, But either of those, I promise you will learn so much. Yeah, I think that's really cool that there is that shorter kind of Yeah, it definitely makes it more accessible. And it also makes it more accessible for younger readers because it is technically meant as YA. But obviously, if you are an adult, do not feel ashamed for reading that version. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once again, it, it is kind of funny because... I know I've been, as you've heard on this podcast, been trying to get into reading more. And I think now that I've been doing it more and more, I've sort of built up that muscle again. But when I first started trying to read, like, for pleasure again, it was, like, it was legitimately difficult. It's like Like, pulling teeth. Sitting (laughs) sitting down and focusing. So if you're not, if you don't read a lot, trying to start off with the full stamp from the beginning version probably isn't going to go well for you. So, you know, if this is a topic that you're interested in, which hopefully you are and you should be, then maybe the stamped version, if you're not an avid reader, would be a good place to start. Yeah, and I will say, you know, I do read quite a bit, but the... the, (laughs) Even still. Well, yeah, it's just the the individual chapters are pretty long, and it is dense dense material to get through. So, yeah, yeah, so absolutely don't feel bad for going for that other version, but you will get a more comprehensive look uh, with the longer version, I would say. Yeah, totally, totally. All right, is that all you have to say about Stamps from the Beginning? Um... I have many more things I could say, but sure. yeah. there's 600 pages, so we can exactly. we can leave it leave it to the potential <laughs> readers. Yeah. So I have been working through many different things. I mostly TV series. So as you all know, still in the midst of Avatar season three. I started as well for something on the side, the Last Dance documentary about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. So I am in the midst of that. So that will be detoured on here soon. I am also still, Lauren and I are still watching Fleabag. Yes. So haven't finished any of those, (laughs) but I do have another series that you can watch that I think is definitely... It's a nice, lighter series. It's not something that you even need to sit down and fully focus on. Like, I know when I was working from home and kind of still am working from home, 
I had it playing in the background sometimes, and it was yeah. nice to sort of just get me through. Hopefully, if any of my employees or employers are working for me, I still worked, I promise. But <laughs> <laughs> it's called 100 Humans. It's on Netflix. It was bigger, I think, at the beginning of quarantine. It, it came on sort of around that time and was sort of big for just a little bit, and it, it kind of faded a bit. But it is basically, it's a eight episode series, kind of a documentary series, basically about they take a hundred humans and they do sort of different experience just to sort of learn more about humans as a whole, the human experience, things like that. Yeah, it's basically These, like social experiments. Yeah, social experiments. Not like they're cutting their bodies open without their consent. No, right. it's like <laughs> it's like more things like like one of the episodes is based around like what age is best. So they had people like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s doing different either cognitive tasks or physical tasks, different things like that to sort of determine which age is best in quotes because, you know, obviously whatever. But it, it goes through things like that. Other things is like what makes us attractive, how to be happy, uh, can you trust your senses, different things. Yeah. And over, like I said, it has a very similar vibe, I would say, to, I don't know if you ever watched this, Lauren, Brain Games. Did you ever watch that? No. Oh, uh, well, Brain Games was a, a show on either Discovery or Nat Geo, Geo, I can't remember which. Basically, there was a host and they, they did a bunch of different, just like, social experiments or like a human experience, st yeah. sort of similar to this. But what I like about this is that it, you do kind of have a chance to get to know more than just the hosts. I feel like with brain yeah. games, you had one host and then, you know, different people every time with this, you get sort of to know a lot of these hundred humans that they have. Cause it, it they do the same people obviously each for, for each experiment. And it, it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm a little jealous because I would have loved to be one of these hundred humans. Yeah. It looks doing really this. <laughs> it, it looks like just like a fun like summer camp type thing, yeah. and and so but yeah, you get to know some of the personalities of the people. You learn to mostly like people. There are a few people actually. I think it was during the age one where the, that they kind of like, <laughs> not like, not like say that they're bad or annoying people, but they hint at it. But it overall, once again, the show the tone is very light. It's very fun. You don't have to you know. If you're if you're in the midst of reading Stamped from the beginning and you want a break, a hundred humans would be a nice little break. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And it's just while every experiment is not like super scientifically For sound, sure. yeah, it's just a lot of fun to watch. You're not, you you're, know, don't don't go to this if you like legitimately are like I want to learn. Not not that it doesn't teach you things about humans, but if if you if you're looking for something that's solely educational, don't. Don't watch this show. This is not the show that, for that's, you. That's not what it's meant to be. But I don't if you want to have fun, while also kind of learning some, like yeah. a, a lot well, of these experiments, like fun I've human seen behavior kind of things. Yeah, you know. Uh, the, while while there are some experiments I have seen before, and it's like okay, the results don't shock me. There are some that were like you know new and fun that I hadn't really seen done. Uh, the three hosts are all great. I don't have their names, but they they're all great. And so, yeah, watch it. We we actually, I think we looked it up at one point to see if they got paid, the 100 humans who were doing yeah, it. Yeah, we couldn't and find it, any definitive results. Yeah, somewhere said that they didn't, and I'm like, that, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, like, well, I, I mean, really I feel, feel like, like they at least had to have a stipend or, like, free food and lodging. But I don't know. I feel yeah. like they would have had to have gotten something because it's, like, a at big least a Netflix stipend. show. At least a Fair stipend, minimum. I would think, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, fun thing, uh, Jacob knows... Not knows, tangentially knows one of the hundred humans that was on there. 
So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah. See if you can guess which one. Ha <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that Jacob randomly knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can, we'll give you $100. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm, someone could that. Just, just guess 100 times. We're not going to give you $100, but we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yeah. So yeah, that's 100 Humans. It's on Netflix. Uh, super light, super easy to get through. Each episode is between like 30 and 45 minutes, so they're not super long either. Yeah. And yeah, it's a nice, fun time. Yeah, so... When we come back, we are going to be reading Ants at a Picnic yes. by... Judy Upton. Yes. <laughs> we got it in there. Look at this. 16 minutes. Wow. A nice little 16 minutes. It's, it's the shortest it's one It's a short play, too. This is going to be, like, under an hour, probably. Which is hasn't happened since, like, episode two. Nope. <laughs> so... Alrighty, folks. Yeah. We'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit. Light. Green light. Green light. Yay! Yay! We have we Nick have here! Nick. Finally! Nick's here. Finally got him on the podcast. Officially. I guess he was kind of in the background yeah. that one episode. It was my debut vocal appearance, I think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you doing, Nick? I'm hot. But I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's hot it's in this. It's so hot in It is hot here. in this closet. Uh, do you want to give people, like, sort of who you are since you haven't been on yet? Just a quick little... Our mysterious elusive Bio. producer. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of the seven people in <laughs> Mega House. <laughs> Correct. Um, I own all the equipment because mm -hmm. I crowdfunded for it with Jackson. True. Uh, True. To help us produce a feature film. Fix has not gotten a lot of play on this podcast. No, I so will I'm going to plug it because I've been disappointed <laughs> with the coverage. Fair. Um, so we're going to win an Oscar eventually, but I produce, I live and work in LA. Mm hmm. Yay. That's great. That's Nick, and we love him for it. Alrighty, so we will be reading, as you know, Ants at a Picnic by Judy Upton, and I am Jackson, as you know, I'll be playing Alfie. I am Lauren, as you know, and I'll be playing Chris. I'm Nick, you don't know me, but I'll be reading Stage Directions. Yes, and I guess we can just jump right into it then. Should I do Yes. The title? Yeah. Or... <laughs> yes, please. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Ants at a Picnic, a short drama for two people self-isolating together, by Judy Upton. Alfie is looking out from the window of the ground floor flat or house he or she shares with partner Chris. They can be played by any two actors self-isolating together. Chris's phone checking. Outside, unseen, the neighborhood is preparing for a street party. It's the end of May 2020. They're dragging a massive barbecue onto the grass. Honestly, you could roast an elephant on that. Chris receives a WhatsApp notification. Cat says, has anyone got skewers or wooden sticks for kebabs? Another WhatsApp notification. Oh, and courgettes and sweet peppers as the Watsons' older two are vegans. John texted me earlier and he's not going either. Says it's utter madness. Even if people social distance? On a tiny patch of grass surrounded by car park and flats? How's that going to work? Chris receives another WhatsApp notification. Alfie is irritated. Lacey's just reminding everyone it's bring a bottle or a six-pack. Tough. I'm saving my beers for the football on the telly next Saturday. And you said you're not going out there anyway. Too right. But what will everyone think, eh? When it starts to get dark and our lights are on and they can see us staying in. You want to sit in the dark, Chris? I'm just saying, what'll people think? I mean, we know the Watsons. Anna and Ben, Lacey, Wasname and Crystal, don't we? And Kat and Clem and Paul. They'll think we like snubbing them or something. Or we're cowards. No, we're not cowards, Chris. We're sensible. Uh, boring, more like. And what's the point in still trying to do what we thought was the right thing when those in charge haven't bothered? It is the right thing, still. And those that broke it, I mean, some of them have had it, haven't they? Because they didn't social distance in Parliament. 
still glad-handing and back-slapping without a clue. Lacey's setting up a table and putting a lot of things in sealed tubs on it. A buffet, it looks like. Little Crystal's trying to help. Sticking her mucky fingers over everything. Chris scowls at Alfie. Oh, whoops, she's nearly pulled the cloth off. Oh, look, there's Gavin. What's he doing here? I thought he was self-isolating with his folks in Liverpool. He was. We FaceTimed last week, remember? So he's come back? Driven all the way down here? Is that allowed? Chris shrugs. Very responsible. Yeah. God knows. I mean, it's all such muddle now. New rules every day. All I know is you should be careful. And we said we'd be careful. Stay inside. Stay safe. I know, but... Chris gets another WhatsApp notification. Oh, Anna says, has anyone got a... I don't know why you're looking at that. We're not stepping outside today. Even though your mother's coming around tomorrow? When we will be staying two meters away from her? Too right. What's that supposed to mean? Just that it's all fine when it's a member of your family, but just maybe I'd like to talk to a few of my friends. People like Anna and Gavin. Yeah, I get that, but it's not just going to be them, is it? Who knows how many people might turn up? It'll probably be heaving out there by nine. Oh, look what Clem and his mates just turned up with. Is that a mixing desk and loudspeakers? This isn't a barbecue, it's a rave they're getting ready for. People hear the music and rock up for miles around. You think? Serious? It'll be like ants at a ready picnic. Flies around a dust cart. Chris raves to someone. Look, Alfie, why don't we pop outside for just ten minutes before everyone turns up and it gets crowded? We could spare a bottle of wine and some of the sausage rolls. Let's just go out and say hello to a few people we know and then pop back in. They'll understand. I'm not going out there. Chris waves to someone outside and gets another WhatsApp notification. Well, I am. What? I'm going. Just to show my face. To say hello. No, Chris, don't. Exit, Chris. Please. Alfie sits down. Sighs. Alfie takes out phone and looks at it, or picks up a newspaper. Chris appears outside at the open window. Uh, Alf? I've locked myself out. Chris knocks on the window. Alfie doesn't respond. Chris shouts through the window. Alfie! Can you let me back in, please? I forgot to take the sausage rolls. No response from Alfie. Hey! Hey! Let me in! Alfie gets up and goes to the window. Yes, love. Of course I will. In 14 days' time. The end. Welcome back to the Green Light. The Green Light Podcast. Yeah. That's it. So, very sadly, it's just us. We are not here with our writer of the week, Judy Upton. Just us again. Wow. God, might as well Aren't just, you sick of us? Might as well just turn this thing off right now. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> I should please keep listening. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> If you're here, you're So if you remember dedicated. from the intro, yes. Judy is in the UK yes. and did not have um, good enough bandwidth to be able to, like, FaceTime us or something. And since we couldn't do just a normal phone call because long distance... Yeah, she asked if we could just email her the questions and she would type up some responses. And so that is what we did. So for some of these, we might not read, like, exactly, exactly what she said, but we will definitely get the gist of what she said. And for some of them, we might read exactly what she said. Like, I think we're going to read the first one, probably exactly what she said, because it was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, otherwise, I don't think we have any other explaining to do. I don't so, think so. Or um, I guess you could, we could just do this and you pretend to be Judy. 
I mean, don't. do you want to? No, uh, but <laughs> no, that I'm is something that. we could have gone with. Well, we could have gone with, oh, Lauren's not feeling great again. Gosh, what's wrong with her? Hey, huh, it's just me and Judy. It's just me and Judy. She made the trip here from the UK. Hi, Judy. <laughs> or we could have just had you call. There are many things we could have done as, as actors, but we chose not to. And I think this is the most respectable <laughs> of the choices. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, as, as we normally did, we asked Judy what her writer origin story was. And, Lauren, do you want to... Do you want to give us what Judy said? Sure. So she said, I always wanted to be a writer. I listened to a play on the radio when I was around 10 years old and then tried writing my own and recording it on a cassette player with my friends doing the acting. It involved a spooky old house on a dark and rainy night. Our toilet provided a great brainstorm sound effect when flushed. Unfortunately, I'd forgotten the glug 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 sounds you get as a flush ends and that when that happened, we all just burst out laughing. So I don't know. I feel like that was really cool. It almost feels like almost like what we do <laughs> if we did like fully fledged radio plays with foley and stuff no sure so really yeah. really she's judy doing our is, job better than us yeah i was gonna say yeah. judy is surpassing all judy. of our expectations yeah, yeah seriously no once again and and i say this pretty much every week but i'll probably continue to say it it is just really cool to see these very specific moments that people remember of sort of where they got started and where their inspiration came from. I think it's yeah. really, really fun and cool to always hear things like that. Yeah, Which obviously. is why this question will always be relevant. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like the idea of trying to record a radio play and just like being a little kid and going around your house and being like, okay, what can make a rainstorm sound? And, yeah. you know, I just think exactly. that's really cool. I'm very creative. Yeah, I feel like we can all sometimes learn from the youths and be like, youths. let our imaginations take over sometimes, which I feel like we, we kind of forget about sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. So another thing is that, um, so obviously this play is set, you know, now it's set in May, uh, during quarantine. Yeah. And it's basically two people debating if they're going to go to this like illegal party that's happening sure. outside their <laughs> house. Um, so I, we, we kind of talked, well, you know, we, we sent her a question about um, accessibility and how, you know, this is something that you could kind of do in quarantine. It's, it's something yeah. that requires two actors. You could do it with two people who are quarantined together. Yeah. We could just film this and make it ourselves, you we know, could. like <laughs> coming up next. No. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So essentially we asked her sort of, you know, what was the reason for that? And she pretty much said, you know, because, uh, she, like a lot of people, have been trying to work out how actors, writers, and directors can keep telling these stories in, in the current crisis that we're in. And it's like, you know, with limited with limited resources, especially mm -hmm. gathering more than two people together, yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes hard. You kind of have to find fun, creative ways to tell stories around that. Definitely. And I think, you know... Even if even if this was a story with two people about anything, I still think it, it could succeed. But it is sort of special, I think, that not only is it telling a story through this time, but about this time that people will look back on and, and sort of be able to, once again, kind of like we were talking with Ben a couple of weeks ago, look at as, as sort of a time capsule. And yeah. I think this one almost more encapsulates that time capsule sort of feel. Absolutely. Um, so we also kind of talked about how this story sort of... Uh, not not emulates, but like I don't know. It it reminds you of Rear Window, yeah. which is of course in Alfred Hitchcock film starring Jimmy Stewart, mm -hmm. and 
that film, I think that the accessibility question also kind of applies to Rear Window in a way, just because it was kind of a low budget film. Yeah. You know? I did. I read somewhere and I'm not sure if this is true or not. Maybe Blake told us on that tour. But it, uh, the idea of Rear Window is a very low-budget film, yeah. but apparently Hitchcock, it, uh, as being well-known for being someone very specific and very precise, he had them, like, build the whole, like, what like you the see. the whole block? Yeah. He had, oh, no. I think Maybe they it built, wasn't that cheap I then. think they built it in the Paramount studio. That's why Blake oh, was telling us about interesting. it. So, but... Well, but, it could have been a low-budget film. <laughs> exactly. But I think the idea remains the same. You could even... Rear Window could, I feel like, easily be adapted into a play. Oh, Just, absolutely. You have one setting, and you know, while the audience probably wouldn't get to see what's happening outside, I think the effect would still be there, and honestly might even add some intrigue yeah. to it. I don't know. But, well, and that's something that you could also almost kind of, like, do with projections of, like, he's looking out the window sure. with his binoculars, and yeah. you see what's happening in the other apartment. Absolutely. Like, that could projected be, on the back wall. That could be kind of cool. Um, or like, like the part where he breaks into the apartment is just in the back of the house. Yeah, exactly. That could exactly. be fun. Anyway, um, get back to this play. Um, yeah. So we we kind of asked if you know this play was partly inspired by Rear Window, and she said yes, and also uh, the girl on the train. Um, she said that she imagined one of those little weather houses. Whether you know, is it the man or is it the woman who goes outside if it rains, and you know how this couple is similar in the way that one of them specifically feels. Has you know they they each have very different opinions about whether it's okay to go out yeah. in the current circumstance. Have you seen Girl on the Train? I've not. I have not either. That makes us bad hosts, probably. Probably. <laughs> but we have seen Rear Window, which was uh, which fantastic. Was, came I from love us, Rear yeah. Window. But yeah, I, once again, sort of that idea of of this sort of low budget type film. I don't know. I don't know if Girl on the Train is similar. Once again, haven't seen it. Yeah. However, it still remains the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's just it's just one set, like one setup. Again, this would also be very easy to turn into a short film, you know. Yeah. Um I do think that the pandemic will inspire a lot of very small cast pieces. Yeah. Which tend to be very slice of lifey, which is my favorite thing. So <laughs> hopefully we'll get some more stuff I can currently be in licking soon. her chops. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm doing the Mr. Burns hands. Don't let her lie to you. She's licking her chops <laughs> and doing the Mr. Burns hands. Mr. Burns. <laughs> A post-electric play is a very good, very good play. A little side detour yes. for all of you. Like I haven't read it. I've only it's seen crazy. it. It's crazy. So I don't, I don't know how it reads, but it, it's it's a pretty good watch if you yeah. can find a production online, which probably not because it's super new and weird. But anywho. Yeah. So, oh, um, uh, I did have a follow-up question. Uh, if Chris and Alfie continue to do this, would they also eventually witness a murder, a la In Rear Window? window. <laughs> yes. And she said, I don't know. Chris thinks the world out there is fairly normal. Alfie is more pessimistic. So maybe Alfie would think they see a murder. Or and then Chris would be like, nah, it's all in your head. Everything's probably fine. Chris Which is would kind prob- of what happens in Rear Window anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like- Chris would probably be the one who's murdered. I think in this mm, scenario, like, like maybe not the initial murder, but then Chris is like, okay, fine. I'll go out. Look, he goes out unprepared. Nah! That's Chris. Screaming. Or Alfie locks Chris outside for those two weeks. And then Chris never comes back. True. <laughs> Contracts COVID and dies or serial yes. killer. One of two. One of but two. yes. Um, so one of the things that I asked, um, this play sort of like, um, t- a lot of Tom Stoppard's plays. I, I really like Tom Stoppard as a playwright, partially for the reason that, 
a lot of his plays are very intellectual and and he does I think he does a really good job of taking an intellectual argument and putting it in characters like allowing it to still be character driven while still presenting this argument and I think in a lot of his plays one of the nice things is that a lot of the characters are sort of intelligent so it allows you as an actor to kind of have that intelligence yeah. and just it be a part of the world you don't have to like put it on or anything like right. that it just is and so so I sort of asked like you know uh what like strategies and things um that uh, Judy used and it, it, if it was sort of a similar way because I thought this script also did a good job of sort of presenting this argument within two characters and making it still yeah. character-based while having that intellectual argument surrounding it. And uh, she said, I think there's a little bit of both of these characters in most of us at present, so I suppose I'm splitting an internal debate between two characters. Which definitely scans. And I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, yeah. Because, you know, of course we want to stay home and stay safe. But it is hard when you feel like there are all these people on Instagram who are just living lives like normal. Yeah. And it just makes you think, well, people keep doing this and we're going to be stuck here for another like year, you know, or it's like it's also tough when it's like, obviously, we live with a lot of people and, you know, like we do by no fault of our own. Some of us do have to go to work. You know, like I work at a restaurant and one of our housemates works at Target and it's like, we can't necessarily avoid those things. Yeah. And we are PPE to death, but we also do end up getting exposed. So, you know, it's tough to be like, we're being as careful as we can, but we are still getting exposed to people. And, you know, there always is a part of you that's like, why can't I just go have fun exactly. and see my friends and, and you know, it, it's, it's hard too. Cause I feel like you get into a lull sometimes yeah. when you, you spend so much time inside and not doing anything. And it's like, well, things have to be better right now. Right? Like I'm doing this. Why aren't uh, and other people aren't? And that, that kind of ties into our, our, our next question. Yeah. Actually. Um, because you know, this is part of the thing that's obviously the, of this internal debate that's externalized in this play and, um, you know, it feels like kind of Alfie is in the right here, the person who is sort of following the orders, which, you know, yeah. helps everyone at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, but even though Chris does, like, echo some of the points that a lot of people are feeling right now, like, uh, Chris says, what's the point in still trying to do what we thought was the right thing when those in charge haven't even bothered? He, uh, they also say just that, uh, just that it's all fine when it's a member of your family, but maybe I'd like to talk to a few of my friends, referencing the fact that uh, Alfie's mother, I think, is coming to to visit them yeah. soon. So it's like, so, so the the question that we posed to Judy was, do you think the people in power lead the charge of dissent against social distancing, or do you think they're just echoing popular sentiment of people not wanting to be told what to do? Sort of a, a chicken or the egg question, and if you want to sort of yeah. read what Judy said. Yeah, so she said, I think some people in power think the laws don't apply to them. They tell themselves that it's okay for them to travel, etc., as they are somehow more important or know what they're doing in a way the rest of us don't. There's also a sense that they don't want social distancing to interfere with their country's economies, making more money for them and their friends. Yeah. Who, boy, Big do one. we get it here in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> Judy, uh, if you're listening, we hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Loud and clear. It, it is interesting that I think it's, I think there's kind of this like complex with everyone to a certain extent. That inside, it's like, she said, um, some people in power think the laws don't apply to them. I would argue further that a most, lot of people in, in general, general <laughs> don't think the laws don't apply to them. It's it's like, you know, the thing that's like, everyone's the hero of their own story, right? Yeah. Which is like, you know, to a certain extent, sure, fair. But in this moment, 
if you're the hero, maybe you should think about the lives of other people instead of just thinking about yourself. Yep. You know, so people have this complex of, well, well, I'm doing it and it's fine because I'm doing it, but other people shouldn't do it. You right. Know? And if, if everyone else is wearing a mask, it won't matter if I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. And when you, when one person thinks that way, maybe it's not so bad. When everyone thinks that way, it's bad. Or I've seen the stupid arguments of like, oh, well, you know, you should only have to wear a mask if you're COVID positive, but it's also just like tests aren't that readily accessible. So if you don't exactly. have symptoms, you're probably not going to get tested and you can still yeah. pass it on. Not, not everyone anyway. can get tested right now. Exactly. And well, Lauren and I actually, we, uh, we, we both have sort of been through this, but Lauren, Lauren was going to try to get a COVID test, but you know, she did, she said she didn't have any symptoms because she didn't and they, they wouldn't let her because she didn't have symptoms. Yeah. Well, and also I didn't have like proof that I'd been exposed to someone sure. and like my workplace did not kind of like give me a referral for sure, it. Sure. And whereas I am the, because I am going home at this point, have been home and hopefully have returned safely. But because I was going home, I was like, I want to make sure, you know, before going back to my family. And so I... <laughs> I didn't lie. I didn't lie because they said, do you have any symptoms? And I will say when I've been temperature checked going into work the past couple of times, it said I've had a little bit like a little higher temperatures. I know I don't have a fever and it's mostly because I was waiting out in the hot sun to get <laughs> tested, but doesn't matter still. But you know, I shouldn't have to, you shouldn't skirt have to around be like, the rules. Nah, yeah. yeah. I should I shouldn't have to kind of lie on my thing in order to get a test. I'm negative, by the way. So cheers, cheers for that. But yeah, yeah I, I think people could do people to could do good to think about other people sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I also just think you know our current administration is just not setting a good example. Like I just think that the whole idea of Trump literally saying we wouldn't have a bunch of cases if we didn't test is just so damaging. It's, well, a, a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of things are, he says are very, are very damaging. incredibly damaging. I, go but ahead. it's just like, you know, yeah, obviously we wouldn't have recorded cases if there weren't tests, but then yes. we also just would have no idea who had it. You know, we'd be in much more danger. And also the whole thing where, you know, recently, um, the Trump administration sort of demanded that all, um, statistics regarding COVID go through them first. So basically everything Ridiculous. we see from here on out about it um, is not nearly as bad as it should be. <laughs> they're going to have, they're going to have red Sharpie marks, marks on them, just like he did with that with one, that map, with that map that map. one time. And it, I, I also, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, 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 hate the <laughs> argument of people who were like, Oh, people who are wearing masks are sheep. And it's like, you know, I'm we a lion, sheeple. so I don't wear a mask. First off, Get out of the first grade. Are you kidding me? What is this? <laughs> Think about another human being for two seconds. Yeah. Even even if you know you don't have it, even if you've gotten tested 20 times and know you don't have it, put on a mask. Put on a mask because it helps you and it helps other people. Like, it's so selfish. It is it's selfish. So selfish. It's not the government trying to control our minds, people. It's not. I can promise you. Lauren's telling me to lower my voice, so that's fair. But I promise you. Eh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I, it's 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 very frustrating no, it's, it's really when people make it a thing of like you're weak if you wear a mask and you're strong if you don't because that's not what it's about. Absolutely, and not. and yeah. that that appeals to Trump's base because. Ooh, I was I was gonna say something that is inappropriate, but <laughs> and I chose not to. But it, 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 yeah, 
his arguments appeal to his base and it just strengthens his base. Yeah. But well, I mean, no, I've straight up seen people share thing. posts that are like, um, you know, like calling uh, salon owners who just stayed open illegally and got, got fined, like calling them true patriots and saying they should be acquitted of everything. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. it's so frustrating. Yep, it is. Anyway. Sorry, we're not afraid to get political on this podcast in case you haven't heard. <laughs> if that offends you... Well, and also, really I don't know, like, thinking about other people's lives That's not should political. not be political. It's not political. It is, but it should not be. Yeah. Uh, anywho, moving anywho. on. Sorry, Judy, that we sort of got Ooh. sidetracked. But your script sort of sparked this debate, so I think that's something that's pretty cool, actually. So, um, we are into personal questions now. That was our last... That was our last script question, I believe. Yeah, well, there was kind of another one that um, is in the personal question section, but so I guess it kind um, of yeah. We asked about you know the script is set in May, but two months later things look pretty different. Um, do you look back on this script differently now, or is what you wrote simply confirmed for you? And so Judy said that she wanted it to be a record of what was happening in May. So like you a know, time capsule. Yeah. At the time, outdoor illegal gatherings during lockdown were only just being widely reported there. You know, so it was sort of just around the time where people were starting to do starting these to things thing. and then they were starting to become aware of them. And now is, all kinds of people are doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the UK has, I think they have stuff better under control than we do. They definitely do. Well, because we're not allowed to travel there (laughs) now. Well, and and that's the thing is, like, I feel like maybe for other places, it's like, okay, this is a nice time capsule. This is great. We can look back on it and know not to do it. For here, like, we're still living in it. We're still, like, in the midst of it. And if we don't get it under control, it's only going to get worse. So, fun, fun things. I hope you listen to this podcast for optimism, because that's what we do. (laughs) Um... So, um, next question. What is something about the UK that you, that you wish people in the States knew? I thought that would be kind of fun to be like, Hey, you know, what's something. Yeah. Um, and so she said, um, the class system in the UK is still stifling talent in many walks of life, which, which I think is, is really interesting. And I'd, I would, I would definitely ask her to expound upon it if she was, she was actually on, um, able to be interviewed. Cause yeah, I do think that's definitely something that you know, happens in the U.S. Yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It does It does make me a little sad that it's such an issue in the U.K. that, you know, as, like, one thing that she wished Americans <laughs> knew, like, yeah. that's what she chose. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think that is something that is kind of overlooked. And whether, yeah. it, whether it be a class thing or a race thing, I think a lot of people overlook the just privilege in Absolutely. America that so yeah. many people have. Well, and in the UK too, again. Yeah, of course. Um, really just everywhere. Everywhere. Well, because I think that, you know, like growing up there's definitely so much value in like the education system and everything put on hard work and like yes. you can do anything you want to do and yada yada yada. And the idea of the American dream. Right. Yeah, and it's just like there it really isn't talked about that much that, you know, people just start in vastly different places, you know, yeah. like People have head starts based on race and class and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it is not not saying that there aren't opportunities in America, but they might just not be as open to everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if you are someone who who is like me, you know, they are, which is uh, unfortunate for 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 everyone, you know, that it's only a certain group of people. Um, yeah. Well, because okay. look like me as in. Straight white male. Yes. To clarify. <laughs> well, and the thing is, Not just okay, so goofy looking. Okay, 
So, <laughs> especially because I've been reading Stan from the beginning. Go so, you know, the, the part that I finished most recently, because it was, you know, from the beginning of America to now, um, it talks a lot about affirmative action and people mm-hmm. who were against it. And it just drives me crazy because a lot of the people who were against affirmative action did it under the pretense of saying, well, racism is over. Like yeah. no one's showing racial preference now. Yeah. We shouldn't set aside X amount of specific spots for people of color, you know, which is just untrue. And, you know, as the author says, um, racial prog- or racist progression happens the most when people, you know, refuse to acknowledge that racism exists. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I just think, you know, if if someone is going to say that all that matters is your hard work, then they should want everyone to be on an even playing field. Yeah. You know, then then you shouldn't need that advantage that you have yeah. by being white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like... <laughs> I, I, I recently finished up uh, White Fragility as well, which is a really good book if you are if you are white. It's it's meant for white people and sort of to be like a, hey, heads up, you Wake have up privilege. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, and it talks about a lot of that stuff in there, which I think is really yeah. cool. So if you're, if you're interested in topics like that, stand from the beginning, White Fragility. I just started... Um, me and white supremacy as well, okay. so I'm working my way cool. through that. So yeah, we <laughs> this episode has turned into into a lot of a rant. talk on that. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. I mean, it, it, it's it's good to talk about. Not necessarily the easiest thing to talk about though. Right. So I mean, yeah, if you if you do listen to this and you need to take a time to process things, do yeah. that. Check yourself and then start it again. And then wreck yourself because we got more. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe. Oh, wow. Remember when that was a, a movie? Yeah. Uh, all right. And now Whew. we're moving on to the rapid fire questions, the fun sort of end questions. Lauren Yay. and I will give our answers for these as well, which should be fun. So we asked, because this is called Ants at a Picnic, what is your favorite picnic food? She went with cucumber sandwiches. So Which British. I think is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that feels so, like a very so, British answer. <laughs> so very British answer, I'm sure. What would yours be, Lauren? Favorite potato picnic salad, food? obviously. Potato, potato salad, salad is, is, is... I mean, really, it came good. up last episode because we had the um, favorite food made out of potato. Mine is potato salad. Potato- My favorite food in general is potato salad. Potato salad has been getting a lot of play on this podcast. But honestly, as it should. <laughs> I mean, sure. I guess... So, uh, picnic. Can I can I consider, like, kind of cookout foods along with it? Or do you think there are yeah, separate categories? Yeah, I think so. Because I was... Good. Barbecue. I love Barbecue's some good really barbecue. Good. If you can't tell we're from the South. I love some good barbecue. Well, and especially, like, if you have a barbecue sandwich with potato salad. Oh, it's And, great. like, maybe just a little bit of that barbecue sauce seeps into the potato salad. Yeah. On point. You you, so you can't you can't get any better. Good old yeah. Carolina barbecue. Give me some. Yeah. Give me some. Okay. I, <laughs> we also asked Judy, what is the scariest bug? And she deflected. She, she said, nope. No, bugs aren't <laughs> scary. She likes insects. And her favorite is probably a stag beetle. Stag beetles are cool. Yeah. Do we want to say our, our favorite insect, maybe? Maybe, yeah. To, to go along I might have to think about that. Uh, you go first. We didn't, I asked you because I didn't want to go first. Oh, no. Um, I don't know. I think uh, praying mantises I, you are know, very Praying cool. mantises jumped into my mind as well. They're just so... Like, I get so excited whenever I see a praying mantis. <laughs> just joy <laughs> comes into your body. That's something me and my body. mom have in common. We always send pictures of when we see a praying mantis. Oh, fun thing. When I looked up cool bugs, because I did that just now, a stag beetle is like the first, hey, the first one that came up. So that's pretty cool. Actually, that looks like a horned dynasty to me. Just based on my experience with Animal Crossing. 
Because the stag beetles are the ones that have the um. I'm gonna I'm gonna the insert, two big pincers. I'm gonna insert a boo sound effect right there, and Lauren, just a nice boo. Oh God. Ew. I don't want to look at that. No. That's like that's gross. Disgusting. I but that's that. gotta be photoshopped, right? I because his so. eye is open. His other eyes open. Sorry for nope. everyone. <laughs> There's a giant bug on a man's not visual face. Mediums. Yes. On it, Google. It is, it is a picture of a bug on I a man's that face. So that looks much. like, I don't think it's a spider, but it is, it's, it's something. Ooh, I also think, I uh, think whistling cockroaches are really cool too. What? They're, they're native to Madagascar. They don't, they're like you, much bigger than normal You like, shoot, I didn't mean to accidentally pin that. I don't know why Pinterest is even a thing <laughs> on my Google. You, you say that. Because whistling cockroaches don't exist in the United States. Exactly. A, a whistling cockroach comes up on our doorstep. And be <laughs> I'd be like, no. Nope. Beating that thing away. No, but listen, but listen. Okay, there was a, at, at the 4-H center in Concord, North Carolina, there was this lady who would come and bring like snakes and uh, iguanas and like cool bugs and stuff. And I would like go to little lectures, I guess, that she did. She did a birthday party for me once. I'm gonna and... have to insert the boo sound effect multiple times. <laughs> Didn't expect. She to did have my to do eighth that. birthday party. It was so fun. Um, but anyway, but she had a whistling cockroach, and you could kind of like stroke its back, and it has little holes in its wings that make the whistling sound. I guess it's that's very cool. cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But if it I don't want to show up on my doorstep, I yeah. know, but I think they're cool to see. You know, I'm gonna go kind of basic, but ladybugs are pretty dope. I like ladybugs. Ladybugs, they they chill. They do their thing. You know, if you meet a ladybug, it's only gonna be good times. And what do they eat? Be aphids. They eat aphids. They eat aphids. They're good yeah. for for. They're good for the environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ladybugs. They eat I, pests. I've never been a big bug guy. Like some. some I will say, ladybugs are like growing up. Ladybugs are like the only bugs I don't mind. You know, if I see one like on the ceiling above me when I'm trying to go to sleep. Sure. That's the only bug that I'm like, I don't have to get rid of that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cockroaches, my my house senior year in college, which is now a year and a half ago, I guess, ish. Wow. Yeah, it's disgusting. Really a little over a year. Anyways, we had a kind of a big cockroach problem at the beginning of the year. Mm. And my worst story ever is that one night I was trying to go to sleep and I like, feel something on my back. And I, 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 think it's the, I think it's the sheets, so I just like rub it off and I feel it again and I'm like what so I like swat it away and I feel something on my hand and it's like something with like a decent size and it like I hit it to the ground so I'm like oh god I look to the ground I see it's dark in my room but there's light enough that I can see this cockroach scurry away I run to turn on the light I lose it so it's gone yeah it's gone that was a pretty bad story it followed you yeah Anywho, who know bugs were going to be probably the biggest thing we yeah. talked about the longest. We had a big old earwig problem at our current house like yeah. in the early spring. But we quelled them when it was raining a lot. But yeah. yeah. All right. You want to yeah. ask the next one? Okay. Um, so we asked beach or mountains. She said beach. I live by the sea. Fair. I am Are there a, a lot of mountains in England? In the UK? I, I know they're like hills. There are hills. There are hills. I don't know that they're like mountain mountains. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. So you said mountains for you? I said, yeah, mountains for me. No elaboration. <laughs> just period. Point <laughs> yeah, by period. Just... That's fair. Well, I... no, I mean, I, I uh, was in the mountains for college. I really liked it. It's just pretty up there. Sure. The air is crisp. Yeah. Mount, mountains, nice. they're definitely two, like, two different vibes, obviously, yeah. which is why it's such a popular Well, yeah, question. I definitely, I'm a big fan of that kind of, like, rustic sure. vibe. I really too. like that, too. I just, I love the beach 
and I think I think my my heart belongs at the beach. I have very fond memories of my family at the beach too, which I think I also have fond memories at the mountains. But like you know, yeah. times at the beach was like our big family vacation every year. We right. went to the beach. So, you know, I have very fond memories of that, which is why I would probably say beach for now. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind living in both. Either. So, let's see. Uh, you were at a party, and your favorite song comes on. Do you dance your heart out, or do you lightly nod your heart along your head? Yeah. <laughs> do you lightly nod your head along to the beat? Nice. Nod she, your heart. She said most of my favorite songs aren't that danceable, so I'll choose the nodding option, which... Respect That's to fair. that. I wish you would have said her favorite song. Yeah, I guess we should have followed up what is have... your favorite song. <laughs> But whatever. I think I'm probably a, a, an all-out dancer for the most part. Me too. If it's my, like, favorite song, it's yeah. My favorite song. Yep. Yep. Alrighty. And our final question was Celebrity Crush. Oh, wait. No, that's not a final question. Sorry. Uh, second to final question. Celebrity Crush. She said Montgomery Clift, my favorite all-time film star. And I don't know who that is. We looked him, we looked him up. He was a film star in, like, the, the 30s, 40s. Yeah. Or I guess he was born in the 20s. So he's probably so, a film yeah. star in the he 40s, 50s. He died in the 60s. Yeah. So golden era of cinema, Montgomery yeah. Clift. My father probably knows who that is. Yeah. I would I would wager. So yeah, Montgomery Clift, pretty good. He's an attractive man. Yeah. Pretty 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 handsome young fella. I'm trying to think of who my young, celebrity crushes. I do you have one? I don't have one I, right now. Uh, male celebrity crush Andrew Scott, um, as I've talked about. I mean. I feel so basic for saying this is my um, female celebrity crush, but probably Rihanna. At the booth. And the... That's not super basic, I guess. That's pretty... Guess Who's pretty not basic. attracted to Rihanna? I mean, sure. Like... <laughs> sure. That's fair. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can think of an outside-the-box celebrity crush. I don't know. Um, I mean... We can cut out the silence if we want to. Okay. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. I feel like The Rock is always a good choice. The Rock is always a good choice. He'd he'd be up there for me too. That's also pretty basic, but meh. I mean, what a they're they're basic for a reason because yeah. everyone likes them. Uh, Roman Reigns, The Rock's cousin, sure is sure. WWE wrestler. I mean Becky Lynch. If we're going wrestlers, Becky Lynch. Becky Sasha Lynch Banks. is a great one too. Yeah. yeah, I have a shirt with Becky's face on it, so Woo-hoo. I'll go Becky. I have a shirt that says The Man, which is a Becky Lynch shirt. Sure, does not cool. have her face though. Those are our celebrity questions. <laughs> now the final question. I promise. If you could be incredibly good at one sport, which would it be? She said, I have no idea. I'm not at all sporty. Fair. Fair. Uh, what about you, Lauren? Your one sport. I feel like being a gymnast mm. would be really cool. Because I also just feel like that would be a really fun thing to just show off in your regular life. Sure. If you could just do, like, 12 flips. I mean, wherever. also, like, bye-bye to your joints, but... Mm, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Or also just, like... I don't know, being a, a track star or something. I just, like... She's really fast. I feel like as a kid, like, your whole status is just how fast you are. Sure. We've talked about this on the podcast We have, before, for I sure. Um, That's fair. I think, like... Also, like, I, I like, low-key do archery, but if I were really good at archery, that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, I, I played football in middle school, but I think the first sport I really wanted to be good at was football. And then I realized that I was small. So <laughs> I think I also think when I was in high school or middle school, high school, I never had the drive enough for sports that I like wanted for sports. Mm. I think if I had the mindset that I do now after I like started working out, like if I had that mindset back in middle school, high school, I might have been better. I'm not saying I would have been professional, but I might have been better. Sure. So like probably football, if I could be really good at one okay. sport, I think that's cool. Or also... Bye bye to my brain, I guess, <laughs> if we're doing the same argument, but... <laughs> yeah. 
Also, it. I would like to be good at volleyball because I think people look at me and I'm kind of tall and sure. like assume I'm good at volleyball. I'm not. I'm so bad at volleyball. Volleyball's so fun. I love playing. I volleyball. wish I could even just be okay at volleyball. You practice. Let's, I'm terrible. Let's practice. Well, then you'll anyway. not be terrible. All right. That was it. Thank you, Judy, for coming on. We really appreciate it. No, 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 no. Thanks for answering our questions. Absolutely. And submitting your script in the first place. We loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if... Oh, Jesus. I just <laughs> moved my leg, and it just... Gall. Oh, that hurt. Okay, if you have a script that you want to submit to us, or music that you would like to be heard on this podcast, you would like to be heard, you would like to have heard on this podcast, yes. send it our way, submit at gmail.com. Gmail. And if you are interested in getting in touch with Judy Upton, our writer of the week, her email True. will be in the description below. Yes, correct. I think that's it. Yep. Short episode, Bye. probably, by the end of it. That's okay. But that's okay. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Greenlight Podcast. Greenlight. Thank you to our writers who came on. Thank you to our actors who came on. We love you all. Make sure to like us and follow us on our various social media pages, TGL underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter, and... At GreenLightPod on Facebook. Thank you, Lauren. Knew I was going to forget if she didn't say it. <laughs> and if you want to hear your play, screenplay, or music on this podcast, feel free to send all of those submissions to submit at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And we also have a Patreon now. Yay! Yay! So if you can, if you want to, if you love us enough, please support <laughs> us on Patreon. Link in the description to everything that you heard in our description. Link's Absolutely. In our description. And if yes. you want to make a one-time donation, uh, just out of the goodness of your heart, mm -hmm. then you can make those at tglsubmit at gmail.com on PayPal. Yes, once again, link in the description. And if you love this podcast, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Helps us move up the charts. Helps our podcast reach more people. Yes. Alrighty. Thank you so much again. Yes, and we... thank you so much to Nicholas Bafia for the sound equipment. We love you, Nicholas Bafia. We love you. And we love you all. Goodbye.